Welcome to Mad Toast Live, recorded in front of a live audience. We're at the Brink Lounge, 701 East Washington Avenue, right down the hill from the Capitol Building in Madison, Wisconsin. We're your hosts, I'm Mary Gaines, and this is Chris Wagoner. Thank you all for coming tonight. We are, we're very honored to be here tonight with Mr. Paul Seabar. Hey, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Start it up, huh? <laughs> Rip it up. Drinks hot water cause he loves the Duke. His friends are fly, he don't fly too. Can't blame a disciple for acting like you. You can't blame a lover for loving. Say something or other Can't blame another For walking away You can't blame a lover For loving Now a lover will love With daylights out of the dimmest prospect Going and a lover will lay Their heart out on the line A lover will leave a love That simply won't come loose but a lover will always stop and think about it And think about it Thank you. No, you can't. Well, you can. In case you were gonna. <laughs> yeah. You can't. Song with a moral. <laughs> you gotta love that. Well, thanks for coming on the show. We're really happy to have you down Very here. Very glad to yeah. be here. You know, I had to I had to talk to you know an agent and a and a and a, your their <laughs> manager and you know they were all you know they're trying to hide you. You were somewhere. They, they wouldn't tell me where. But we tracked you down finally. That's right. I'm glad. <laughs> um, but you've got... This is interesting. If people out there who don't know Paul, what in the world? No, we've, we've been... Mary and I have been in Madison for about 20 years, 25 years. She grew up here. And so I've grown up... We've both kind of grown up with uh, the Milwaukeeans and the R&B cadets before that. Um, I first saw the R&B cadets in Stevens Point in like 80-something. What's the name of that bar? <laughs> I have no idea. I forgot. It. I think it's still open. It's like the, the blues Street bar up there. Second Street Second Pub. Second Street Pub. Yeah. It's gone through a bunch of different names, yeah. but that's the one that makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so for folks that may not know who, who you are and what you've been doing, 
just a brief, a brief, a brief synopsis of your uh, of your career. Uh, well, it was a family band. I was six. <laughs> no, playing accordion. <laughs> no, I I started out playing solo okay. in the kind of the coffee houses in Milwaukee. So yeah. there were the the coffee house on Nineteenth Street and place called the Blue River Cafe that's yeah. no longer there and every other little there were a couple of pizza places where they thought that that was a good idea <laughs> to have folk music so I remember one time playing with a uh, it was a Halloween party and they booked the solo artist to play there and uh, it was a like a campus pizza part parlor so it was already pretty raucous and so it was a challenge to play there, but I was, I was still trying to learn how to do it, and they were paying $20 or something. Wow. I needed $20. So um, I recall that a gentleman came in and blew fire and then left the room, and then that was about it for the night. <laughs> I want his job. <laughs> so I, I haven't had to work with a fire, fire uh, eater. In your, since, in your career since, since then? I mean, you've had a hell of a career. You've got it, been doing got, a lot of things. I got it out of the way early. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did he use any props? I mean, did he actually do the, or did, did you know, how they put he, alcohol or something he, in the mouth? Or? All but just leaned into the room, blew fire about 10 feet, and yeah. was gone. He was union, obviously. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Have you thought, did you, did you think about incorporating that in your act ever? In your? Um, I guess I will yeah. now. All right. Mm-hmm. But so your acoustic, what was the scene like? Was it different in those days than the, than the acoustic scene is now? That's starting to come back? Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. A lot Dif- of different people. Dif- I mean, yeah. some similar concept. Yeah. But I mean, Bill Camplin was kind of a pivotal character for yeah. me, a very mentor like gentleman. Yeah. You know, it's hard to believe when you see him now. But, uh, <laughs> I love Bill. Bill's one of my all time favorites. Yeah. But, uh, he kind of showed me the ropes, and he, he kind of put in a good word for me at a various clubs that we had played, right. that he had played. So I remember, I think my first trips up to Minneapolis were, you know, with Bill. Okay. Different sentiment back then, too, right? I mean, different feel on the streets, more or less. I don't know. Um, I was a real eager little guy, so I guess it felt uh, eager and... Uh, okay. Little guy like, <laughs> but it was, you know there were still giants walking the earth. I mean, we got got to open for Sonny Terry and Brownie McGee yeah. there. John oh, wow. Fahey, I remember spending a wild evening after the gig opening for John Fahey, yeah. and then do tell he took us into the the parking structure across from uh, the Blue River because he wanted to show us his trunk full of seventy eights that he had just found. Yeah. And so he was pulling these things out. He was very, very, very drunk. Like, like supremely drunk. More, the, the kind of... I can, I can see this happening. Er drunk. In a parking lot. So room. he, um... But he was holding these things up. He was like holding them. And, get Tanner! Get Tanner! And the skillet liquor! This is, this is rock and roll! You know, he was holding that and showing this. And he's showing me, like, and a lot of what he had, you know, he was known for rediscovering a lot of bluesmen and was certainly a guy that was inf- influenced by country blues. And his style had very much from Book of White. I know he was, later on, there's a great book he wrote, How Bluegrass Ruined My Life or something like that. <laughs> That's, it's a beautiful book. It's a great memoir. And one story in that is about fishing with Book of White and about what that was about. <laughs> but it was, I mean, it was fascinating, that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. to be able to run with those guys that were coming through town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even just, you know, Mr. Terry, uh, do you need anything? you want a cup of coffee? You know, whatever yeah. you could do for them. Because they were, they were, you know, real heroes. So you're, you were, it felt like an apprentice to this sort of... Uh, Very much so. Yeah. I mean, I was, I was really not writing at the time, so it was yeah. a, a situation of... I mean, it was, I guess, sort of modified folk concept. Yeah. I was learning more from records than from Died in the Wolf humans. But, yeah. So it was a little bit of a one remove from the straight up. Well, you folk got so, concept. but you were able to, uh, <clears throat> I mean, to be able to talk to that, I mean, to Sonny Terry and people like that. And, and now it, it'd be hard for young folks coming up to really get it from the, I mean, they're not, who's, who's left now? Ralph Stanley. I mean, Ralph, yeah. I mean the, the, that, that 
that um, age group is, is yeah. rapidly depleted. But uh, I mean, there still are definitely yeah. people that can be, you know, can be heroic. I mean, somebody like yeah. Taj Mahal was very much a, you know, a, a guy that was learning from all of those guys, but is now walking amongst us as, you know, sort of the representative of that tradition, yeah. of a number of traditions. Mm -hmm. so, and he has, he's just as crotchety as those guys were. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And why shouldn't he be? That's, That's right. right. So uh, you're here tonight, um, and it, it, this is interesting for us, and I hope, and I'm sure for you all too, because we're used to seeing you with the big band. Have, have you been playing solo a lot lately? Um, just a little bit now and then. Uh, the last time I was here solo was with Nick Lowe last, uh, last fall. Okay. Like of two falls ago, actually. Hmm. Um, I like playing solo, and it's, it is a chance to kind of turn around and shake hands with my old self. Uh -huh. um, I, my desperate project is to keep my band thriving, yeah. so I've been invested in that. It's, this will be the 24th year of the band, and then I have... Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I suppose the economy's made it a little more difficult. What's that? The, the economy, economy made it a little difficult. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I like to say that that's what's doing it. I hope that's what's doing it. <laughs> now, um, is it Tomorrow Sound? Yeah. Tomorrow Sound, yeah. It's the new... Uh, mm -hmm. the, now, i got to ask you this. Um, on, on the website... <clears throat> Is it spelled T-O-M-O-R-R-O-W? It's spelled with a T. Yeah, there's um, the cover for that record, Tomorrow Sound yeah. Now for Yes Music okay. People, was, was commissioned by a friend of mine from Milwaukee, and he was in India. And so he had found, he went looking for guys that painted fireworks posters because he had yeah. bought these great Indian fireworks posters. And he saw the name of the town, so he went to that town. <laughs> Started asking around, are there anybody around that's still here that painted fireworks posters? So they sent him, oh yeah, that's over there. <laughs> you know, go to that neighborhood, ask for this guy. All right, go ahead. And he, he went and found this guy, and then he bought a lot of posters that were left, and they'd switched over now to computer design. And so he asked some fellow that, um, that was there, you, don't, you know, there's nobody else around that's doing kind of more, you know, uh, hand-painted you know, even strange stuff, whatever it is. He said, well, there's the, there's the guy. He does the circus banners. That guy's over there. You know, I'll, we can call him, go over and see him. Mm -hmm. So Paul, my friend, had gone, gone over there, and this guy paints, you know, whatever, the three-headed calf guy and all the, those beautiful posters for Indian circuses, which I'm sure are wilder than ours. But he ended up getting the picture that's on the cover of our last record, the last band record, is is that canvas poster that the guy painted for me, for that Paul had just said. Well, here's the name: Tomorrow Sound Now for Jeffrey yeah. Yes Music People. Yeah. So that I, I thought I I was going to call the album something else, and we had it all ready to go, and then that came back, and I had to do it. Uh, you were committed. Yeah. I was at, that's a that's I'm glad you told the story. I was actually referring just to the simple to the spelling of the Yeah, word he's a, he was an exuberant speller. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. It was, it was a little different. I didn't know if I'd misspelled it or not. So. Or like just a kind of a improviser. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I learned how to spell that word from emailing people and having the computer go, "Uh-uh." What's your first name? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I never would have learned. So what you got on that uh Well, beautiful old Gibson. We've got um I've got a new solo record, a solo acoustic record that's again a effort to shake hands with my old self. And, um, but this one tune on it is a duet with, uh, with Willie Porter out of Milwaukee. We've been writing through the last couple of years together. And uh, it's a tune called I Didn't Bring It Up to Bring You Down.
trip you down to the place where you know you don't want to go. Where's a given the festivities here? A little talk on the best springs here. Thank you. Thanks a lot. So that was the one tune on the album that you were, you were talking, we were talking earlier, that um, you and Peter started, uh, I'm sorry, you and Willie started writing this and, and recording it together? Yeah, we, we, we had a little session in my kitchen, which is sort of where we want to write. It occasionally ends up adding something to the song. There's one song we have where suddenly there's a nautical verse, and he's talking about this ship and it's actually, we have this little, uh, like, doorstop. That's this crazy old frigate doorstop. Yeah. And so I don't know how that song, it's kind of like an Al Green groove that suddenly has this wailing <laughs> theme. <laughs> but this one, this one came together there, and, we, and Willie has a little studio, so we went into the studio and kind of thought we'd put it down before we forgot it. That's a and, good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you hate that? I mean, God knows how many songs you've had. You doesn't that hurt? It's like Paul Seabrook wakes up. How many songs have we missed? You know, because he didn't get it down right away. Thank God for well, modern technology is great. These little handheld things. Yeah. But yeah, in the past, miss them. you still miss them. Yeah. 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 You go. You wake up and you go. I'll remember that. That's really memorable. I remember <laughs> it. Or worse yet, you wake up and you record it. Think this is great. And you listen to it later and you go, What's that? <laughs> That's really stupid. Yeah, we got a few of those. <laughs> yeah, I can play a whole record full of those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what should we do here? Let's do a. There's. I've been doing a bunch of co-writing, and so we'll do another one of those. And it's also on this new record. And this is a song that I co-wrote with Peter. Peter Mulvey. It's also a Milwaukee uh, habitué, or however you say that. It's called What's Keeping Erica. One um, I have to enunciate well, or, or uh, people say, I love that America one. <laughs> love that America one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're all down and tense in the teeth of the storm. 
America What's keeping Erica warm? What's keeping Erica serene as a ship in the harbor? What's keeping Erica far from the blue and the Guys, a quail like a poor orphan whale. Tell me what's keeping Erica, keeping Erica safe. That's why I stand as close as I can with my hands out. Snipe swill, opprobrium sinks one and all to a royal jackals left mind in the store. And what's keeping Erica boggles the mind all the more? careful on the some of the promo to call talk about some of the great Milwaukeeites as opposed to Milwaukeeans but you've had a lot of interesting people come through the ranks of the Milwaukeeans and the R&B cadets over the years Robin Pluer well, longtime bandmate right yes way back to the yeah, R&B cadets. cadets with me and then the f uh, the first maybe seven years of this band mm -hmm. so it's been I think 16 since she left although many people don't wow. want me to don't want me to remind them of <laughs> Has that. Has it been that long? Oh my gosh. <laughs> She's still doing really interesting, great things yes, too. She is. I've seen her with the uh, playing accordion and singing wonderful French lyrics, still wearing the the uh, the hats. Yep. <laughs> She's holding down the millinery end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. See who else? Oh, some, some good friends of ours too. And Michael Walls has come through the band. Sure. Mr. Tony Jarvis, who's now, we're talking about Tony's in New York. For anybody who knows Tony, hey, Tony, this is out for Tony. 
yeah, in New York. Dawn's living in Harlem, has two little children. Yeah. Um, and just played, if you go on, I don't know what, uh, maybe Flickr or something, you can see photos of him. Uh, Fish does a show where they cover a, a full album each year at Halloween time, and they did Exile on Main Street. So Tony had, was involved in that. and was way out in California somewhere. So he was excited about that. He's playing quite a bit. He, I, I, we saw him playing with the, with the uh, Milwaukeeans before. Our first uh, run-in with Tony, well, not our first run He was the youngest member we ever had, yeah. I think. Yeah, he was this young guy. And if yeah. you ever saw Tony, we saw him at OK's Corral here in Madison. And uh, at the- Oh, yeah, that was a great show. It was a jazz show. And um, he had his toes curled around the front edge of the stage. And the mic stand was but, like this. <laughs> and his saxophone was in it. And his this. saxophone was the only thing holding it up. <laughs> and he had his eyes closed and he was just curled. And yeah. <laughs> By the time he was done with his solo, he literally he knocked over all the music stands on stage. The whole band had like backed up. His hat had fallen off. You know? He was yeah. just... Uh, that was the old possessed by the music. Possessed by the routine. music. He was wonderful. I loved watching Tony. Yeah, that was a nightly thing. <laughs> that was yeah. a good thing. Yeah. Great songwriter, too. Yeah, yeah. But also, uh, now, I don't know that Peter Roller was a re ever a regular member yeah, of... Yeah, he was. Was he? Okay. Yeah. Great he, slide player. Yeah, he's on the first uh, Milwaukeeans record. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also, I mean, these stories, it ends up being like a tree, you know? Are and, these... and, and Rob... Oh, Rob Gerso, yeah. a Madisonian, both yeah. Tony originally. Yeah, yeah. Rob went Rob on to play on with... Uh, he plays with um, Jimmy Dale Gilmore yeah. for many years, but he's been also with the um, Flatlanders when they go out with Jimmy right. Dale and, and Butch and um, Joe Ely, my dear buddy. Yeah, just killer guitar player and lap steel, just smoking. He's a, yeah. he, like Julie Wood is also a saxophonist yep. oh, that yeah. I had. Julie. Yep. Julie lives in Chicago now, but she, she and Rob are the kind of, they're like um, grand, holy, happy spirits. And they bring anything to, you know, any kind of band with a brooding band leader, for instance, <laughs> has a better night when people like that are in the band. Uh -huh. Also, um, Mike Cashew, who went to school yeah. here in Madison, All right. was my bassist, uh, two bassists ago. Uh -huh. So there's been, yeah, there's been quite a few people through. Yeah. Sort great of like people. the, it's sort of like Bob Wills, you know? It should have been Paul Seabar and the Madisonians. <laughs> Some years. No, just kidding. Fine. Just saying. We'll do know. that. Well, we're going to do this tune. I, I, Tony and I, uh, he left the band quite, he was only in the band, I think about three years or four yeah. years, maybe. And then uh, he was replaced, actually, by Greg Tardy, who's gone on. He, uh, um, he was in Andrew Hill's band. Andrew Hill just died last year or a year ago. But he was in Andrew Hill's band. He was also in Elvin Jones's band. Wow. So it was like, it was a, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember his first trip to New York. He stayed on the floor with me at some, some guy's house that we knew. And he was just not accustomed to the that concept uh -huh. so I woke up about halfway through the night and Greg had opened up his suitcase where he had his clothes all folded and he was lying in his suitcase <laughs> so, uh, shortly and then he was uh, he, we were staying on the Lower East Side and he, he started walking toward the river and some with his horn he was going to try to find a jam session and it was this was Probably 20 years back. It was not quite uh, the uh, Disney theme park it is now. <laughs> right. But uh, there was gen uh, happily a gentleman that said, hey, man, walk the other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're going to yeah. lose that thing. Yeah. But Greg went on to, he's playing with all kinds of wonderful people now. So that's been a good thing, too. Yeah. But Tony, uh, I had gone to mix a tune with Tony because he had start, started getting pretty good with uh, Pro Tools. Mm -hmm. And so I, I've been working on an instrumental record that I don't know if it'll, when it'll see the light of day, but we recorded, uh, we mixed a, a tune, and then Tone and I sat down and thought, well, let's try writing something. And we wrote something that probably neither of us would have written ourselves. And so I, that's what I've kind of liked about co-writing. Yeah. Is it kind of brings you to a new place. And uh, this is Tony Jarvis's uh, Lonesome Desert song or something. <laughs> Yeah, this is a song called Holding On to the Wind. <laughs> <laughs> 
Way up in the mountains You can't feel that air High down in the valley Change up in the wind The sun it shines falling On our side on Main Street Ain't any mountains Hide me away. These sheiks have their foothills with water surrounded, and their parts commingling. Her kiss was a cake. When my eyes adjusted, I sat back on my hunches. Swallow everything that I gave. Holding on to the wind, drowning in the dash There's a guy named Richard Buckner that writes mm -hmm. these very, uh, at first they seem kind of traditional country songs and then you listen to the language and it kind of keeps warping out and, you know, lots of little details start creeping in that are much more contemporary yeah. than the scene of the song. And so I had just seen him and so I was talking to Tony about that and that song kind of came out of Richard Buckner worship. <laughs> it's cool.
So do you know what year that beautiful guitar is? I think it's like 40, 1940. 1940. But I, I, I had somebody look it up, and then I keep forgetting. <laughs> and you, you found that in a pawn shop? I is found it? it actually at like Record Head in Milwaukee, okay. which is pretty much a pawn shop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it, it, was, it didn't have a bridge. It, it was in yeah. kind of rough shape, but I kind of knew it was, you know, an older Gibson. And I, I had a, a J200 that had a similar kind of curvy body. And so yeah. I thought, well, I, they, they wanted $400. So I, uh, back then, you could get it for $400. Yeah. And then they, uh, they didn't have a photo of R Robert Johnson for many, many years. And they finally found one maybe 10 years back. And the guitar that he's playing is this. this it's the C1, a Gibson C1. And they all went, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> Wonder if the people on CSI could look it up and see if there's any of his DNA in there. <laughs> if, if he actually played that one. I doubt he played this very model, I mean, yeah. this very guitar. Yeah. It's, it's very mysterious, too, because you can barely read Gibson on the headstock. Yeah. You can almost not see it. Yeah, this was, it was the cheapo end of things, so it was a painted on logo. These, okay. these said the Gibson, you know, many of them had like a pearl inlay or yeah. something. But. I know your, your choice of like electric guitars a lot of times with the, with the bigger band, you, you kind of like the really cool, funky, um, like, I don't know, maybe not K's, but something like yeah, that, right? Yeah, the one we I've been playing the last 10 years or so yeah. is, a, is a Harmony. Oh, it's Harmony, okay. Yeah, it's a Roy Smek model. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I kind of gravitated. I, I was playing Dan Electros for many years and kind of switched over to a jazz master for a while, and then this thing came along, and it happened to come along with a great amp. I walked into yeah. a, there's a store called Wade's Guitars in Milwaukee that's a great place, and he had both this guitar and this little airline amp, and I plugged them both in and thought, well, I guess I'm buying some things. <laughs> <laughs> and that actually, I, I had that one stolen out of the van, that, oh. that guitar. But then the glories of eBay before things got out of hand, I was able to get another one to replace yeah. it. Probably the same one. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> it's looking a lot like it. <laughs> That's a slightly slightly better than when we hear stories occasionally. Well, I ran that one over. It was behind the van. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. They they both hurt, but yeah. yeah. Don't leave them in your van. That's the no. many people have told me that. Yeah. Since. Yeah. We've told this on the on the show before, <laughs> but you know you know the story about the accordions, right? The guy what? the guy that uh, he remembers in the morning he left he had left his accordion in the back seat of the car. With, his win with the windows open. He's like, oh, no. And he runs down, and there are three other accordions in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. you guys haven't heard it. Awesome. That's good. a good one. I think it's the fourth time I've told that. <laughs> yeah. That's fine. But not a Gibson. That would be, work very differently. That's right. PV, maybe. Oh, there goes our PV sponsorship. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, what should we do? We'll do a song about yeah. guitars. This is a... Yeah. About a guitarist, a guy named Marv Tarplin, who's um, he's the guy that's been uh, playing with Smokey Robinson for many years, and kind of wrote all those beautiful little intros. That what was let's see, what's what one. <laughs> lovely pieces, the beginning of Tracks of My Tears, which I actually never learned, so I can't do that for you, but like, um... All those nice little pieces. A guy named Marv Tarplin is his name. So this is a song that I had written a, a few years back. It's on the last band record called Marv's Fluttering Guitar. Take you firmly round the bend. 
See uh, some folks I know. There are a lot of musicians in the audience tonight. Mr. Richard Weagle's out there, and I remember you know, Richard wrote a great song called. Oh, uh, he just about spooked me. I saw him out there. <laughs> He's got a. Uh, he wrote a song called "Guitar Problem," <laughs> which obviously you have. 
<laughs> do you how, how many? What is your collection like? Do you have a, a pretty hefty collection? Um, I have too many of them. Yeah. Yes, but oh, can't have. I too. don't know how many are good. You know, yeah. there's a lot of pretty rotten guitars that I have. <laughs> Do you, yeah. So what is it that makes us do that? Now we go out and go, oh man. Something about it is good. Yeah. Something about it we liked, we thought we needed. Yeah, yeah. And we, you, you know, eventually you come around to using the stuff again. There you go. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I almost, you know, the, I, I almost hate those, uh, those uh, home improvement shows, you know, it's like how to clean the clutter. You know, you got, you, you're going to make a pile of... Purging. Purging, yeah. yeah. Make a pile of the stuff that you, if you haven't used it in six months... You don't need it. It's like, I have a problem with that right there, you know. I might need it. You never know. That's right. right. Look at the guy's haircut that's saying it. Ah. (laughs) There you go. There you have it. Did my mom call you? (laughs) So, um... We're, we're going to be moving soon. So if everybody here would like to come over and please take something. <laughs> oh, let me know. Yeah. Oh, my God. For a while. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting very dangerous. I can see no, we're not moving away. But No. Um, y'all want to hear one? You have another one? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll be doing another set here. This is just part one of Paul's Hammer. Let's play a little bossa nova action. Oh, yeah. Sides 
by my meager lies is supplied. You're so right on time. Lovely can't begin to say. But it's singing anyway now. Oh, what a shiver in this hobbling dog. Mr. Paul Seabarn. Thank you. Please go, you can go to paulsebar.com. You can go to CD Baby slash Paul Seabar. That's right. For the new album, which or is called One Little Light On. One Little Light On. Thanks again, Paul. Thank you all for coming tonight to Matos Live. You can catch a podcast, matoslive.com, itunes.com. Thanks to Andy LaValley from Bear Sound and Mr. Rick McNeese back there, the Brink Lounge and WRT 89.9 FM here in Madison, Wisconsin. Thank you.